Thank you guys so much for tuning into that part of the episode where we talked about forwards from grandma. Scott, what do you think? I think my grandma signed me up for some uh, some spam. Yeah, she thought she was signing me up for the food, but she just sent me a bunch of letters from this prince in Nigeria who wants to give me all this money. Hey, everybody. Welcome to There's a Sub for That, the front podcast of the internet. I'm your host, Scott. And I'm your other host, Willie. Join us as we explore the rabbit hole that is Reddit. From made me smile to facepalm and idiots in cars to humans being bros, we're going to deep dive into the most popular page on the internet. Are you ready? All right, welcome back, everyone. This week, we're going to be talking about COVID, which is what we talked about last week, and is what we'll be talking about for the next, what do you think, Willie? Forever. And forever is a long time. Am I right? I, I just, I want it over with, Scott. Me too. Me too. You know who else wants it over with? Not the government. Who? Animals. Are they sick of us? No, maybe. But you know how there's like some symbiotic relationships between humans and animals? And I'm not talking about when we cage them in zoos. Not not Carol Baskin. Correct. This week in RA, that's R slash A-W-W, dolphins in Australia have been bringing gifts of coral to shore because they're missing interacting with visitors. Oh my God, that's adorable. Or they miss raping visitors. Wait, what? Well, yeah, dolphins are super rapey. You I, didn't know that? No, hold on. No, no, no. You, you have to expand on this, man. This You can't just like call that out. What are you talking about? Is this real? Okay, this is a real thing. Like dolphins are super smart okay. and sometimes considered to be the assholes of the sea because they will kill sharks just for fun. Are you kidding me? No, no, man. They'll just murder a shark? Those things are supposed to be the kings. In, in comparison, right? But- Pods of dolphins have been observed, like, poking sharks and flipping them upside down, basically, like, knocking them out, and then just letting them Jesus. float to the bottom of the ocean to die. Wait, if, if a shark gets upside down, are they stuck? They kind of go to sleep. What? Yeah. Dude, I read all about this when I was a child. How do you not know this? Uh, that's, I don't know anything about dolphins, apparently. I that's, always thought- That's probably good. So, I, like I said, they are rapey assholes. Jesus. I, I grew up- Going scuba diving, our family would always like during hurricane season, we would fly down to the Caribbean islands and we'd scuba dive and you would always see dolphins. It wasn't something that I should have been concerned about, but thank God my innocent butthole didn't get touched by one of them. And that only happened at church when I got home. Wait a minute. You flew into the Caribbean during hurricane season? So for my mom and dad to be able to afford to bring two children who are like 13 and 17 down to the Caribbean islands, like three years in a row, the cost was like a fourth what it was. They could fly us, all of us down there. This is back in like the early 2000s, late 90s. They could fly us all down there for, I don't know, less than a thousand dollars. Well, yeah, I bet the airlines were probably only giving one-way tickets. So anyway, in this article, they're saying that Barry McGovern, an expert on dolphin behavior, said it was quite possible that they were giving gifts because they missed humans, but probably unlikely. It's just more that they don't really miss humans 
but they probably missed the free meal that came with the visitors because I'm sure people would feed them all the time. That's like in that first week when we were talking about uh, like that, those exotic animals that were finally showing back up in, in cities over in East Asia and people were freaking out about it and how baboon population <gasps> in Taiwan was just like running rapid because there's no food. There's no tourists. Right. And so there was just like armies of monkeys fighting each other over what what food they could get. What do you think it's going to be like when everybody starts getting back to work and we forget that all of this has happened and then all of the animals are like, wait, there's food. There's a lot of free food. I need it. Do you think they're going to get fat? Oh, man. I never thought about it. Did you ever see the Planet of the Apes movies? Did you like those? They were okay. Yeah. I, I did like one of the first ones. There was one of the actresses was cute. James Franco. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think like, I think a lot of animals right now for places that probably aren't visited by humans too often and they've kind of like started creeping back in, just kind of exploring. Yeah. They're getting confident. They're getting cocky, right? And then one day the state's just going to open up and they're just going to be like doing their little animal whistle, walking into town. <laughs> And then suddenly they're going to see all the humans and they're just going to like do a Grandpa Simpson, you know, walk in the door, hang up the hat, <laughs> see all the humans, immediately turn around, just put turn the hat back on and walk right out. Back out. Like, well, it was a good run. <laughs> Speaking of COVID-19, this week saw uh, two really interesting stories around people that I'm not really aware of who they are, but apparently are really big. Do you know who Mike Schultz is? I believe he was the janitor at my high school. Is that really? Do you have a janitor named Mike Schultz? I mean, you just gave me a very generic name. So what did you expect? So this man, I thought he was a little bit more uh, famous than he was. It doesn't matter. In the subreddit, rpicks, the title is what Mike Schultz looked like after battling COVID-19 for six weeks in the hospital. Six weeks, oh. Scott. Did you see You're this talking photo? about the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I saw this on BuzzFeed. But you're talking about the guy who was like super buff and then is now like a twig, correct? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, it's just like, how do you go from... In, in one of the comments I read, he went from 190 pounds six weeks later to 140 pounds. There was a bunch of people who were saying he, he could have been on steroids of some sort, you know, some sort of HGH or something. And all of the bed rest just basically took it out of him, so to speak. But I don't know. When you, when you take steroids, do your nipples grow in size? I've never taken steroids that haven't been prescribed for my other medical issues. So Because the man I mean, has I've been some on, large nipples. I've been on prednisone before, but it's not like the same... As bodybuilders. What is prednisone for? Explain like I'm five, please. Prednisone is a drug that basically says, hey, immune system, like, chill out for a second. You might be attacking yourself and I need all parts of your body to just like fight back as much as it can against everything, no matter what. Got and it. I've, I've had to take it for several things that I've had go on in my life, but there's only two side effects. So you're, you either get really depressed or you get really angry. Oh, that would explain all those really angry bouts that you had against me. Yes. It would explain at least seven of the 10 attempts on your life. Oh, great. I'm not going to ask about the other three. Is it interesting to you that this can put somebody out for six weeks, somebody who's healthy at maybe their peak physical fitness 
who uh, dedicates supposedly had. Yeah. How do you? I, I mean, it's I. I don't. You're, I don't understand. I haven't quite grasped why everybody in the world is like we need to rush back to work. We need to rush back into society when there's clear, understandable stories that it's like take our time, understand what's happening. Don't be a Karen and yell at somebody because they asked you to wear a mask in their store. Yeah, did you see that video of the dude in Costco? Oh, yes. What, yeah, what an a-hole. What did he say? He said something about being... We, we need to find that clip. I'll, I'll try to link it in comments here. But this he man... Said, yeah, I don't want to wear a mask because I woke up in America. I, what, what's that reasoning? It doesn't make any sense. So These people are idiots. Did you ever watch the show The Newsroom? Or have you been watching the show The Newsroom? Remind me what that's about. Okay. The West Wing was directed by... Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin created a, a, a masterpiece in that show in many ways, right? The, the Sorkin walk, as everybody calls it, where you're just like walking down a corridor and the camera follows, moves through rooms. He did something really amazing with television back in the late 90s. Well, he is coming back to TV. In 2012, he started a series called The Newsroom, which follows the, I want to know his name. I feel bad not knowing it. Wait, but, is this uh, the guy from Dumb and Dumber? The guy from Dumb and Dumber. Yep. Jeff ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did watch, I think I watched the whole thing. Was it only one season? No, they're on season three. Wait, there's three seasons? There are three seasons. Well, shows you how much it sticked with me. Well, I might be wrong. It says, the Wikipedia says, the newsroom is an American television political drama series created and principally written by Aaron Sorkin, premiered on HBO. On June 24th, 2012, and concluded December 14th, 2014. So I'm six years behind the times here. That sounds about right for you. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, but there were three seasons, but the show is amazing. Just started watching it. I would highly recommend it as we finish out quarantine. But the reason I say that is what this man, the, the main kind of like news journalist, has such a great way of speaking to this misnomer that America is the greatest country in the world. Everybody believes that, or many people like this man at Costco believe we're the greatest country in the world. But statistically speaking, in just about every way, we are not. Why is America not the greatest, greatest country in the world, Professor? That's my answer. There is absolutely no evidence to support the statement that we're the greatest country in the world. We're seventh in literacy, 27th in math, 22nd in science, 49th in life expectancy, 178th in infant mortality, third in median household income, number four in labor force, and number four in exports. We lead the world in only three categories. Number of incarcerated citizens per capita, number of adults who believe angels are real, and defense spending, where we spend more than the next 26 countries combined, 25 of whom are allies. Now, none of this is the fault of a 20-year-old college student, but you nonetheless are, without a doubt, a member of the worst period, generation period ever, period. So when you ask what makes us the greatest country in the world, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yosemite? Okay, I was wondering where you were going with this, but now that makes sense, yes. We've got some we've got some room. It's almost like we could make ourselves a little bit better, maybe a little bit greater than we are right now. Were we ever great? Can we can we truly make ourselves great again? You know what, Scott? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that the greatest country in the world ever has problems 
trying to hire people into one of the highest security positions in the world, Willie? Probably. We shouldn't. I feel like we should have plenty of people knocking at our doors, but go on. I'm curious. In this week on our Today I Learned, the FBI has struggled to hire hackers because the FBI has a rule that applicants must not have used marijuana in the past three years. I mean, don't you want the best players? Don't you want the best players in the game? That's right. If I was in the FBI, all I would think to myself is, this is like the Olympics. I'm going to find a way to hire the people that are going to outperform in every way. There's, there's nobody judging us. There's nobody that are, that's looking at us and saying, you can't take performance-enhancing drugs. So if you want to be a hacker and you're going to smoke up because it gets you to be more focused, I mean, more power to you, right? Yeah, and, and every single day we're in this current administration, there's less and less oversight for, for everything. So, you, I mean, there's definitely nobody at the FBI looking at whatever they're doing. They're listening to this. Hi, FBI. How's it going? Hey, guy. It's interesting, though. Every time there becomes oversight, it miraculously goes away the following week. Have you noticed mm-hmm. that recently? <laughs> or we're just finding out that oversight existed and the only reason we're hearing about it is because it was removed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. But you're right. If, if you want to find the best of the best, you kind of have to, I don't know, you know, give them a little leeway. And I feel like we're closer and closer every single day to at least marijuana becoming a federally accepted drug in terms of recreation and medical use, that is. To where like this, this should be archaic. Like the FBI should have been ahead of the curve and gotten rid of that. Did you, I I might get a lot of these facts wrong, but did you ever hear how marijuana became known as or became outlawed and banned? No. So it, it always comes back to like the big companies in charge. So like Philip Morris back in the day, big tobacco Big tobacco, that's right. Created a political campaign that talked in detail with politicians about how bad marijuana was for you because of a study, I believe, published by likely one of the companies in Big Tobacco. So they created a slander campaign against it to make people believe that there was some negative connotation to it, when in reality, it was consumed the same way to the same degree as tobacco was, but that had more money behind it. That had more people following it. And inevitably it became a banned substance. So I'm not somebody who partakes in that type of activity, but I also do believe that it's something that we just need to get over and hell, make some more money, find a way to, to put some campaigns behind it. So people can, or companies can, build up behind growing marijuana and making a ton of money. Yeah, it seems that at least initially in the first few states that it was very helpful for the local economies. And I mean, we're always going to be, I guess, beholden to the campaigns that have more money that will kind of spin things one way or or the other. So, you know, there there could be for, I guess, all intents and purposes, there could be some sort of money behind suppressing how many drug-related deaths are in, or not deaths, but drug-related crimes are in Colorado. But the, I, sh- I certainly know that there is also 
money behind showing how much it has gone down because of the legal legalization of marijuana. Yeah, I, they probably have put together so many different things to study like productivity in the state, creativity, whatever it might be, all of the like the high level pun intended. <laughs> Thank you. All the high level misnomers of smoking weed, pizza delivery sales, Girl well, Scout cookie sales, dolphin rapes apparently. <laughs> What do you think, Scott? Do you think we're at a point now where it should just be legalized? I think because we've had a really good sample set, in my opinion, where states have legalized it, they've created industries. I myself do not partake all the time, but I have, and I'm a big fan of the edible varieties. When I went to Las Vegas earlier this year before everything shut down, I was able to visit a dispensary that when you walked in, it looked like like the shops at the Galleria here in Edina. Like it was pristine. The nicest store I might have ever been into. And in the back, they had a brewery kind of like set up where you could sit and watch them making all the products that they sold. It was great. Everything was very professional. They had security guards. They locked everything in bags. They were compliant. Like this was a top-notch organization. And if this is what it's going to be like when stores or dispensaries open up, you can't tell me that you know people aren't going to take this seriously and follow the rules and make sure that it doesn't get into the hands of minors and you know people who are prohibited from these substances. Yeah, dude, if you're underground drilling, you should definitely not be smoking anything. Oxygen exactly. down there is already bad enough. Right. Plenty <laughs> of flammable <laughs> substances. <laughs> I mean, you got to bring a canary down there anyway, so you might as well just stick to the birds. Have you? But do I think we're ready. Yes, we are ready. I, I want to talk a little bit about like the the idea of smoking something or vaping. Instagram, or let's call it who they are, Facebook does an unbelievable job of advertising. the The algorithms it's, they have are just disgusting. Yeah, it's their whole business model. They advertised something to me the other day. And I thought it was the dumbest shit ever. Just so dumb. And then I looked at the website and I totally bought it. And this could be the worst thing possible or it could be the best thing. I understand what I'm getting myself into here, Scott. But I discovered that there is this company called Inhale Health that creates non-nicotine-based vapes. And That doesn't make sense. You can do vapes that are like flavor-based, or uh, some other type of, of, I guess, chemical. That sounds really bad, but that's what it is. So they have a vape that allows you to breathe in caffeine to get it immediately into your bloodstream. That doesn't sound healthy at all. And you bought it? They also have one that allows you to breathe melatonin directly into your bloodstream. Just knock you the fuck right out? They said that you can like take one puff from the melatonin like vape stick. And you could be asleep in less than 10 minutes. I don't know. That sounds dangerous. Doesn't that sound dangerous? I don't know, man. The advertising hit me hard. Just real hard. They might as well just say like, this is like chloroform, but legal. Somebody said that in the comments. Somebody's like, you know what else is good to knock you out? Chloroform. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, in the wrong hands... Just like give somebody that melatonin one and be like, yeah, it's lavender nicotine and just watch them pass out, Scott. Yeah. Okay. So I don't, I don't know if I can support that. 
I, I don't think I want you supporting that unless they support the podcast. Yeah. Unofficial sponsor. They, they also sell a vitamin B12 one. And I don't know what the hell vitamin B12 does. Sounds too young for you to take. <laughs> so, you better wait till that B18 before you start taking that. We, we've been talking about getting high a lot, Scott. But have we? Spe- well, this, this episode. Speaking oh, okay. of, of high, NASA was in the news this week. There was a post on World News that said a NASA scientist discovered the possible evidence of a parallel universe. Oh, it's about fucking time. I fucking love science like this. Here's the first paragraph. It says it's from uh, heavy.com. And it says the discovery was made by the NASA sponsored research group, Antarctic Impulse Transient Antenna or ANITA. The group was funded for $35 million in 2003 to look for and study ghostly particles that filled the universe, according to NASA. The project uses a specifically made balloon that detects radio waves emitted when high-energy neutrinos interact in the Antarctic ice shelf. The mission is being led by this person from Hawaii, but during the balloon's third flight, scientists decided to look over the data from previous flights, again, specifically at the random noise it recorded, what they discovered, according to the new scientists, was something impossible. The signal wasn't coming down from space, but up from the ground. So, oh my God, the next line is the one that gives me shivers. It says, that means that these particles are traveling back in time and could be evidence of a parallel universe. That sounds so fucking cool. Shit like this blows my mind. What have there ever been certain things in like science fiction books or movies that has just blown you away and you've been like, we'll never see that. And then it becomes a reality and you're like, this is fucking awesome. I grew up watching a lot of Star Trek and Star Wars. So that kind of future has always been my dream ever since I was younger. I've always wanted to literally get in a spaceship, travel to far off galaxies, meet alien species, run into scientific uh, phenomena that you can't explain and have to figure it out while you're, you know, literally inside of a nebula or something like that. But time travel and parallel universes and alternate simulation theory and like all that stuff. Yeah, I'm down for it. I am here for it. I F's with it, as the kids like to say. I grew up watching the Jetsons and I, I love the idea that you could video talk with each other. And now we do FaceTime or when we record this podcast, we still get to look at each other. And that's just normal. Yeah. The Star Trek tricorder was actually, I guess, credited for early cell phone technology or cell phone inspiration. I I remember this distinct moment. So when I was in college, I spent uh, months in Greece. And I remember when I got there, I had a 15-inch MacBook Pro that I traveled with. I was the only person who brought a computer. This This is in 2008. So like the original iPhone was out. Yeah. But Skype was not a thing. On a phone. It just wasn't possible. You could only do it on a computer. Correct. So I had Skype on my computer. I had Wi-Fi in this hotel. And I walked my parents through the hotel with the computer facing me, holding it, so that they could get a view of the world. And that was like mind-blowing in the time. And here we are 12 years later. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's just normal. We just do that. Yeah, we can go on. <laughs> we can like 
there's probably like virtual tours of museums now because of all this COVID that we can just go see a museum, walk through it, take some sort of tour, and it's halfway around the world. It just makes me think, are you ready for a world where VR is the norm? I, I signed up again to get notified when a quest became available, and I think I'm going to buy it this time. Let me know when it becomes available. I'll buy one with you so we can play games together. Yeah, we can also we can also virtually watch movies and TV shows together, too. There's an app for that. Are you serious? Yeah, so when I turn over, turn my head to the left or to the right, wherever you're sitting, I will see you. I don't know like what kind of approximation of you it is, but I will be able to see you sitting in the same virtual room with me as we're watching a giant screen. That's, that's bizarre. You, uh, a few weeks back, told me to watch the show on Amazon Prime Upload. Upload. Mm-hmm. And we got through the first two episodes, and there's one scene where the female protagonist is sitting in her bed while her roommate gets boned in the background. Uh, oh, but yeah. she, has, she has a VR headset on and it's just like a normal thing. Just covers her ears, covers her face. She totally gets away from the world that she's in. Right. It's, it's such a cool thing to think about that. I mean, VR is practically here. It's, it's in our living rooms right now. There will be more and more use of it as it gets more and more support. But in the Arctic, you said Antarctic or Arctic, Arctic. was the, uh, the Arctic. Okay, so first of all, a guy from Hawaii doing studies in the Arctic doesn't sound like the person I would pick, but whatever. He's probably really smart. They're studying time travel, like Doc Brown shit. Yeah. And, yeah. and the other day, Neil deGrasse Tyson posted that, you know, most of the world that we see or most of the universe that we see makes up only like 2% of what has been studied and exists and we can prove with some sort of scientific theory. The rest of it is all dark energy and dark matter which at this point in time, we don't understand. We know it's there. We know it exists. We just don't have any of the tools or math to fully explain it yet. And so far, human brains haven't been able to kind of like extrapolate what could be causing this with the science that we know now. But that will change one day. Just like these scientists in the Arctic are proving that these particles are literally moving through time, one day we're going to be able to understand what is actually making up our universe. And that will help prove that, oh yeah, parallel universes do actually exist. They're happening all around us. Who knows if we'll ever be able to like interact with them or travel with them or prove that we're all in a simulation, you know, from some super alien species that just is testing us out. Like that like the, is like the end of men in black with the fucking marbles. Yeah. It's, it's all at some point, science fiction becomes fact. And you're right, it kind of does melt your brain. You, you might need to be high to even try and understand that sort of math <laughs> or possibilities. But the fact that there's somebody out there doing it right now gives me hope for us as a species. I just hope we can beat it up enough in terms of research so that we can wow as many more people to get on the side of science and believe in that stuff more so than the, the petty squabbles of politics. It's blowing my mind that in a world with the amount of knowledge and understanding of what has happened and where we're going, these incredible researchers doing work that is going to change humanity, yet we have a hard time listening to somebody on the news knowing if they're speaking facts or falsehoods. So it's a real dichotomy that we live in, that we try to exist in. Now, in Today I Learned This Week, 
they defined what an outlaw was. Scott, do you know what an outlaw is? Yes. This was one of my favorite posts from the week. I read this with much aplomb. Tell me about it. Or much interest. So an outlaw is, is basically a version of that word, which is two words, is somebody who is deemed by local authorities to be outside of the law and therefore under no protections of the law. Like these people can be hunted and killed with no fear of persecution for the people who would be doing their execution. They're literally outside of the current existence of laws, meaning we can murder them. Which doesn't really make sense if you think about it. I get the notion of an outlaw, but at the same time, the laws are made up by people, right? Yeah. So they can be changed at any point in time. How many outlaws do you think would be protected today that were just summarily executed back in the day? And I only ask this because I've been playing a lot of Red Dead 2. Okay. Very different than Animal Crossing, Scott. You have two drastically different games. I mean, Animal Crossing is a lawless bastard of a game, too. You're just thrown <laughs> on an island with a bunch of strangers, and you have no, no rules except for Tom Nook's, you know, whatever he says goes. But in Red Dead, you're like Wild West. This is before a lot of lawmen had, had, moral, you know, they, they had moral codes to follow, and that was about it. But laws didn't exist. So you could just walk up and shoot somebody and never face any sort of repercussions. Somebody could steal something from you and the law could say like, well, technically that's, that's what he can do. Like it was wild and unruly and I don't think I would survive very well in it. I don't either. I feel like it was easy enough in the, in the time to put somebody as an outlaw. I, I think they took any fringe case like, okay, you stole groceries. I've seen that before. I have a law for this. Or you stole my wife's panties. I don't have a law for that, so I'm going to murder you. Think about if you, have you ever like been recognized by somebody who you know or you've never met? Yes. Or at least okay, felt so, like I never met. Yeah. Or what if you have one of those faces that everybody kind of recognizes you or like you look like somebody that they know? I've been told I have a very punchable face, Scott. I believe that. And, but to me, somebody, you know, multiple people have said like, oh, are you, are you so-and-so? Or you look exactly like my cousin or exactly like my, my brother or exactly like blah, blah, blah. I've had that told to me at least once or twice a year. What if you have one of those faces in a time where law doesn't really exist and somebody mistakes you for another person who's wanted? You're just fucked. You're, you're just dead. That, this is how we got witches. Yeah. Like, Not to mention other sort of, yeah, weird supernatural things. But imagine, imagine back in the day, 1600s, you have a baby and that baby comes out with, whoa, 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 whoa. I am a medical oddity. I'm getting murdered because you're a man and you had a baby. That's right. Okay. Fair. Yes. You would get murdered. You damn witch. Let's say you are a, a woman in this fictitious story. It's the 1600s. You're having a baby. That baby comes out with an abnormality. You weren't in control of it. It just happened. You didn't do anything to do it except for fuck your brother. <laughs> and it comes out looking weird. Now you're the witch and you die. Not to mention the baby. That's such a weird, weird world. And now scientists would just say, we're going to study this and figure out why the hell that happened. And then there'll be other scientists to be like, well, hey, we can fix that by rewriting a human being's genetic code. Man, science is cool. And everybody should just embrace it already. We have an email, Scott. And somebody emailed us last week, and I just want to say thank you for the email. 
Uh, it's by a writer, says longtime listener, first time writer. The name is AC. Uh, I appreciate you. And they talk about normally when they listen to their podcast, they do it while commuting. But due to the quarantine, I have adjusted and now listen to my regular shows while showering in the morning. So imagine the meta situation I was in listening to the two of you talk about shower thoughts while I was showering, formulating my own thoughts based on your thoughts. While I have never listened to my own voice while showering, I can confirm that listening to both your voices while scrubbing is quite sensational. TLDR, <laughs> this podcast shapes my shower thoughts. Well, thank you very much. What was the name? AC. AC. That's very cool of you, AC. I appreciate that very much. They also said they wouldn't hang off the side of an airplane for a white cloth, Scott. You remember that? Well, you, know, you remember you saying you'd fucking do that for like $5,000, you weirdo? Did I only say 5000 I thought it was at least ten. No, you said a lot more money than that. I would definitely hang on the outside of a plane for a lot of money. Let's go. Sign me up. Where are you at, Red Bull? Seriously. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the podcast. Tune in next week when we take a deep dive into the subreddit, I'm 14 and this is deep. Oh boy. I'm 14 and this is deep. Snoo God, can you tell high school me what this is all about? I'm glad you asked, Scott. I'm 14 and this is deep is a place to talk about stupid, deep, and meaningful philosophy found on blogs, Tumblr, Facebook, Reddit, and anywhere else. Insights that people should have grown out of by the time they were 14. Jaden Smith is our patron saint with many deep Twitter posts. Huh. Sounds like there's a new fresh prince in town. <laughs> <laughs>